Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October, the emergency signing edition. I'm your host, Coop. Today, we are going to have some people on to talk about the signing of Nick Castellanos. And we'll get into the details of it as we go, but I, for one, am excited as a Reds fan for this. Uh, the Reds are actually trying, which is very good, signing multiple free agents. And they could possibly even have some more moves down the road. So... Woo, how are you tonight? Doing well. Have uh, some uh, big neck energy, and it's it's a good evening. So it's a good day. Good day, good day. Burmy, how are you? Doing well, Coop. Thanks for having me back. I, uh, I'm excited about the Castellanos news, and just want to give a shout-out to Ram. Add on Ram. Shout-out to Ram. Callie is back on tonight. Callie, how are you tonight? Good. What about you? I'm just dandy. Branch. I'm very excited. <laughs> Branch, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me back on. No problem, no problem. And here's the thing, Polly. How are you this fine evening? Here's the thing. Coop, here's the thing. I'm living a dream, as usual. There it is. And I hope you are, too. So, Nick Castellanos. According to C. Trent Rosecrans, he is the Reds writer for The Athletic and somebody you should follow on Twitter. Here are the details of the Nick Castellanos contract. Four years, $64 million dollars which is the same money as Moose. But here's where it's different. He's got opt-outs after 2020 and 2021, and he's got a $20 million option in 2024 with a $2 million buyout. So it averages around $16 million a year like Moose's. But he's got these two opt-outs that are included. Now, I'm not sure if they are player I, I, I sounds like a player opt-out, not just a, uh, like, not an option. It's an opt-out, if that makes any sense. So, I want to get everybody's take on what this means for the Reds in 2020, since, you know, he might not be here after that. Uh, let's start with you, Callie. Give me your Castellanos thoughts. I think it's great that they've gone out and spent money. Um, I'm pretty much right now looking at 2020, maybe 2021, and not concerned about too much further out i just really want them to win so i think i think it's fantastic that they're spending some money finally and collecting guys that are hopefully going to play really well together they're all really good agreed agreed branch your thoughts yeah uh, my thoughts are i'm pretty happy about it i i will i can't wait to hear woos on this because he's been on this train for this castigano's train for a while and i'm really happy for everybody that you know in red twitter world that that you know really been pushing Castellanos since basically the end of the season last year. It, I'm, I'm really happy for all them. I wasn't necessarily one of those, but, you know, it's not like I didn't notice that the two months he spent with the Cubs, his OPS plus started with a one and not a decimal point. You know, <laughs> it doesn't make me go, oh, that guy sucks. <laughs> you know, so I'm pretty excited about it. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see where the, uh, how this is handled with David Bell and everybody. Uh, 
I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work out. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Late breaking joining us, obscure former Reds. Ken, give us your thoughts on the Nick Castiano signing. Um, I like it, it obviously. Um, it, it does a lot for the slugging percentage. Um, I mean, a guy who's going to slug over 500 and with an OPS of 850 to 8.7, I even think the baseball reference projections are low just because I think a lot of those doubles he was hitting in Detroit and and Chicago are going to turn into home runs with the shorter porch. I mean, they got him projected to hit 42 doubles and 24 home runs for a 507 slugging. I think it's going to be more like 35 and 35. So, And here's the thing, Paul, yeah, give me your Nick Kiss thoughts. I love it. I liked a guy when Wu, I, he was never on my radar when Wu has been preaching about him. I kind of kept my tab on him and I really like his approach. I like the fact that every day is opening day. That means he wants to come to the ballpark and play his dick off, which I'm all about. So I haven't been this excited. I've been excited about all the signings this year, but like, it's like the Ken Griffey Jr. all in one, like excitement. And I love it. And it's pumping me up so much for the season. It's a, it's a good signing, and I can't wait to see what happens. Well, why don't we go to the Woo here and uh, get his thoughts. The Woo, I'm going to give you credit for this signing. I mean, I'm, straight. I was on, I, I liked Castellanos from the beginning of the offseason, but even before then, you were on him. So basically, you get credit for breaking this news. So, Woo, give us your thoughts. I like, First, I'd like to take a, a moment and... Um, and recognize Branch and his sorrow because Puig is not going to be coming to the Reds. So, I, you know, I just wanted to give him a thought. Hell, man, I, I, I think he's liable to be in Japan. <laughs> pirates. Point. He's going to go to the Pirates for no. like a yeah, ridiculous awesome. amount of money because they need to spend something. <clears throat> uh, but no, this is, uh, uh, you know, a great a great signing, in my opinion. Um, the, the Reds, are, you, they're a playoff team now. Uh, is that a wild card? Is that the division? They're definitely in the conversation for the division. Uh, you know, they're probably a move away from being a, you know, you would say a serious World Series contender or at least a pennant contender. Um, it, this offense, it, you know, the goal is to be league average or better. And um, I, th- I think they're there uh, right now to at that level. Um, as long as the pitching staff continues to perform like it has, you know, it's going to be a really, really exciting season. And it's awesome to be the Reds are like a real major league team now. It, it you know, we they never had a free agent, a big free agent come, and and you know now we've had two, and we've had a, a, a you know the Japanese signing as well, and it, it's it's exciting. Uh, I don't I don't remember last time we're looking forward to the season this much, probably since 2011 or 12, probably 2012, heading to 2012 season. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. I, I'm looking forward to how uh, how everything's going to fit in, and um, yeah, uh, Reds baseball baseball's back. So, Burmy, give me your Nick Castellanos thoughts. Obviously, we've all touched on the slugging percentage, and the man hit eighty hit eighty eight extra base hits last season. That's an utter shitload of extra base hits. So. It's exciting that, you know, like last year when you looked at the Reds' numbers, Joey Votto led the team with 32 doubles. Then I think Suarez was second with 22. 
And it just felt like the Reds didn't have any extra base hits that didn't go over the fence, you know. So it's nice to bring in a guy that had 58 doubles in a season. And with a runner on first base and two outs, you could score that run a hell of a lot easier than, you know, hoping it goes over the fence like we did last year. So just the little things like that I think will be great for the lineup. Um, hopefully he can be what they what they were hoping Puig would be last season um, in the slugging department. And that guys like Vado and Akiyama get on ahead of him, and him and Moose could just clean it all up, Suarez. So I'm excited. Um, it gives Suarez a little protection, too, uh, other than just Moustakis. So I think having three guys that can really mash in the middle of the lineup, like we said, it just they feel like a major league team. More so late. I think uh, I think fans should be very excited for the signing. More late breaking news: We have another guest on the podcast, Phil Razor. Phil, how are you today? Hello. Um, I'm fine. How are you? I'm I'm dandy. God, what? that was like Mr. Rogers intro right there. What? So, <laughs> Phil, it's the way he was. Hello, hello. Aloha. Hello, Mr. Razor. So, so what are we talking about? We're talking about Nick Castellanos. He signed with the Reds today. Why don't you give what us your did? thoughts? Yeah, it was amazing. I know out in Iowa, things happened like three days later. So on Saturday, you'll hear this news. But uh, give us your Nick Castellanos thoughts. I think it's fantastic. and uh, I would have been uh, just amazingly happy with the one-year deal. And that's probably what it's going to be. So uh, uh, it's all good. Bring it on. Let's go with the season. Plus, Suarez gets to uh, play short, so I'm, I'm very happy with, with that. Well, why don't we get into the position quandary, if you if you will. I don't think Suarez is going to play short. I still am holding out hope that Nick Senzel will play short if he's still on the team, you know, if there's not a trade. Um, so, Phil, you're saying you think Suarez is definitely moving to short, I ba- think barring no other moves. Barring no other moves, I think it's going to happen. And it it's mostly because if you put Suarez at short, it allows Moose to go back to third. It allows Sinzel to play second. And uh, so instead of having two or three guys out of position, you're just going to have one. Uh, with the uh, – I just – I think it's going to happen. I, I can't see having all these guys on the – in the on the roster and then just using Galvis at short. It doesn't make any sense. He's going to be the defensive uh, backup. Uh, he'll he'll you know play late innings or whatever. But uh, they're they're just gonna they got to do something. And this is with the roster as it is right today. It's the thing that makes sense. Well, and here's the thing, Polly. Do you see Senzel moving to the infield or? Are we just waiting for another shoe to drop with a trade? I like that, Phil. I really like moving Sunzel to second base because he's a wild man in the outfield if you ever keep him. I think he just run the walls and just keep on hurting himself. At second base, he's protected because he has two jobs to do. Field the ball and hit the ball. So, I, 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 yeah, I think, I think it makes sense to do this. So I'm all about it. Gotcha, gotcha, Branch. Uh, yeah, I said after the Shogo signing that I thought that I, my gut told me that they would move Senzel to second, uh, worth the short and Moose to third. But I also said that uh, I thought they were done signing free agents. So what the fuck do I know? 
<laughs> so I guess I, at this point I can see it happening, but I'm not a hundred percent sure because of um, starting pitching staff, especially our top two guys are high rate ground ball hitters. And I'm a little leery because I don't want to piss that starting staff off. And we know we're probably going to be giving up a little bit of defense in that outfield with Castellanos and Winker. And, um, you know, again, I want to protect that precious, precious starting pitching staff that they put together and not piss them off any <laughs> if we can help it. Because errors can uh, errors can do that. Starting pitchers are a volatile bunch, and uh, they get really pissed off when they think they should have had an out. Like Trevor Bauer. Yes, and innings go to shit really fast. So I just I'm hoping that's that's not the case. But you know, again, I thought they weren't going to hire another, get another free agent. So God only knows what's going to happen. But it's shuffling the deck chairs is going to be fantastic to watch. I have no idea how it's going to play out. The Reds are job creators. Uh, Woo, your thoughts on the positions now that uh, Cassianos is in the fold? It's a great idea. It's just not going to happen in a, in a concept of a starter. I mean, I, I'll see them doing it for, you know, a start a week or to give flexibility for late inning situations. Uh, this is not going to be the lineup. They aren't shortstops, you, you know, neither one of them. So um, it's great on paper. It's just not going to happen. Um, you know, you could you can maybe have a discussion. Maybe you could slide a couple starts a week between the two of them in there and move people around because they have that flexibility in the lineup. And that's a great thing to have. Uh, but it's not going to be Suarez as your everyday shortstop. Unfortunately, I, I I love it, but it it solves everything. But it's just not going to happen. Burmy. Yeah, when it comes to switching around positions, I, I I guess it's my it's a lukewarm take at this point. But I think Sens is getting dealt. I think they're going to go after a shortstop. Who I don't know. I'm going to doubt Lindor. I think the Indians would be smart to hold on to him until July, and deal him that way. The team that gets him gets him for two playoff runs potentially. And they'll probably get a bigger return, but they can get Lindor great. But I think you're looking more at like Seager. And I do think Story signing that short deal in Colorado makes him great trade bait too. So one of those two probably seem um, like more plausible options at this time. And I just think that Nick Senzel will not be on the opening day roster because he'll be on someone else's opening day roster. Kelly, your thoughts on who plays short, if anyone? Like you said, I, I mean, I just don't see Suarez playing short. Like we said, neither one of them are shortstop. So I do think that they're going to go after someone else and probably deal Senzel, which I think I've, I've made peace with it. That's fine. I, I think it's great that we have a lot of guys that we can shift around. That's definitely something that a lot of teams do not have, the versatility that they have. Uh, one thing that I did think was kind of funny is seeing all the people on, well, some people on Twitter, but also Facebook say that, we have too many good good players in the outfield, and they're like legitimately pissed off and upset. And I, I don't understand. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't stand I, this whole having so many good players thing. Well, oh my! I, I had a. I don't know. I was a little grumpy today, but <laughs> oh my god, that that like really set me off. I had to take a few hours. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is the matter with everybody? Like they finally have like solid players in their lineup that can do all kinds of different things, and everybody's. Everybody's bitching, and we have good pitching. It doesn't make any sense, but whatever. I don't think that either one of them are going to be the everyday shortstop, and I think that Sinzel will be traded for some sort of shortstop. I just don't know who. Lindor would be great, but um, that just seems like it would be way too good to be true. 
Obviously, somebody else would have to go with him. Probably a few other, few other people. But uh, I just I mean, that would be fantastic. I just don't see that happening. Ken, give us your thoughts on the positions. Let's say that Senzel isn't traded and Suarez isn't going to shortstop. I think Senzel will be traded, but um, that gives them five outfielders with four of them have very large splits. Um, Castellanos plays almost every day. And then Winker and Irvin pretty much platoon. And Senzel and Nakayama are pretty much platoon. Um, but I hate to waste Senzel on two games per week if he only starts against left-handed pitchers. Um, so maybe they can move around. I was just looking up Moose's splits when you when you got to me to see what he looks like against um, against lefties. Um, yeah, but Senzel has the most value, and he's the odd man out after acquiring a, a, a guy who can play center field. Um, with the defense, since the Reds are, the Reds are so into analytics um, – I don't think it matters as much as it would have 10 years ago with the spray charts they have on every hitter and the bench coach doing all the defensive positioning. Um, you can give those outfielders an extra three or four steps on a ball because now they're shaded in the right direction where playing straight up without spray charts. Yeah. You needed a center fielder with, with, with great jump. You needed a right fielder with, with great jump and you don't need that as much anymore. Um, well, but I think they, I think Akiyama's going to play a better center field than Senzel, and that's nothing against Nick Senzel. It's that Akiyama's played center field for, what, six years at the professional level, and he's been in a gold glover in Japan. So, you know, that's nothing against Senzel. At, and, like, and you 30, are comp- – At 32 or 33, um, I mean, the reports – some of the articles and commentary that I read was that, that Senzel's a great center fielder. He's just a great athlete, and he runs better than most people realize. Um, He'd be a great shortstop. They were very high on Senzel playing playing center field. Um, why they don't think he, play, he can play shortstop, I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I'm pretty convinced that they don't think so. Um, because he played their one game in AAA and never again. And like, nope, back out to the center field. And they had an obvious huge lack of shortstops with Peraza not being very good. They went out and got Galvis, but Galvis isn't very good. Um, I even think Galvis might be a weaker link than Barnhart um, if Barnhart gives up switch hitting um, like it's been he proposed. He won't. So, mm, um, but for the roster, we saw that Siri was – um, DFA'd. I'm not going to lose sleep over um, over Drew Stubbs 2.0 um, getting um, designated. Um, that probably means. Hey, hold on a second, Ken. When Jose Siri is railing girls in the DJ booth of local clubs, then we can compare him to Drew Stubbs. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, that's what I heard. I actually see it with my own eyes. I, I enjoy hey, defamation lawsuits. Hold on a second. Lawsuits are the best. I have no knowledge of any of that. Polly, you it saw it with your own eyes? It meant, yeah, after 2010, 
Oh, at Mint Martini? Absolutely that happened there. That place is disgusting. That was there the after party was, and my buddy got us in there and definitely saw an action. <laughs> I believe that. Wow. Yeah. That went off the rails quickly. All right. All right. So, um, Ken, finish your thought if you can. Oh, man. Um, for all the hand-wringing of Aquino, um, that's a whole other segment probably. But I think Aquino goes back to AAA. Um, your five outfielders right now are Castellanos, Winker, Senzel, Irvin, Akiyama. Um, I think Senzel and Winker um, go to Cleveland for Lindor. I still think Lindor's coming here. That'd be nice. Um, the Indians are super high on both Winker and Senzel. Um, I'm super high on Winker. The dude has a 900 career OPS, almost 910 against right-handed pitching, which is most of the league. Um, but the knock on both of those players are their injury history. For, for whatever reason, they can't seem to stay healthy. I'm not going to accuse them of being injury prone because that's not fair. Um, they're both way too young to be considered uh, battered and injury prone. But for whatever reason, shout out to are. Jer. Shout out to Jer. <laughs> shout out to Jer. Um, but there ha- there needs to be a trade. I'm um, I'm on the record more than once of saying Galvis will not be the opening day shortstop, and I'm going to stick to that. Well, and I'll give my thoughts here. Uh, I think you're right that with this move, the likelihood of Galvis being your opening day shortstop is goes even farther towards zero. My my thought is if if no other moves are made, which I I wholeheartedly believe that the Reds are trying to acquire a shortstop, but if for some reason they can't, and this is the roster going into the start of the season, I think it's Castellanos in left, Shogo in center. I would platoon Winker and Aquino in right. You have Suarez at third or short, <laughs> um, depending on if you think Senzel can play short or not. Uh, otherwise, then you'd have Mustakis at second, obviously, Vado, Barnhart. Perhaps Nick Senzel would be a super utility at that point if you think he can't play his shortstop and he's still on the team where – He's going to get starts at second. He's going to get starts at third. He's going to get starts at center field, other other outfield spots. There is one other wrinkle in this. All all offseason, um, Nick and Dick have been, we have money to spend. We have payroll flexibility. And the number in my head has been 140 to $145 million because um, that's, a, that's a noticeable increase over $126 million that it was last year. And they said it will be noticeably increased. Now, well, with uh, Castiano signing, it's a, it's 141. Um, if Jankowski doesn't make the team, that goes down to 140. But that's trivial. Um, are they going to push? Wait, I thought this was a Reds podcast. Wait, wait. Are we still talking about the Reds? 140 what? <laughs> yeah. It, it's nice. <laughs> really? But, wow. <laughs> 140 <laughs> wins, Brad. It's, it's great. It's great to be right at league average for payroll. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Well, to do they have another $17 million to go to 157 160 and still have payroll flexibility for bullpen to get Lindor? That I don't know. Seager makes Seager makes $7 million this year, significantly less. So perhaps he, um, so perhaps he's a 
he's a more likely target if the Dodgers think Gavin Lux can play shortstop. Um, well, and to piggyback off of that, to acquire, say, Lindor, you're looking at Winker and Senzel, who don't make a lot of money now. So sure. that, that I mean, I know that in, you, you can talk about future earnings, but for right now, for 2020, they're pretty cheap. Aquino, obviously, is going to be making the minimum or whatever it is. So, And Phil Irvin's not going to be making a whole lot if he makes the team. So the Reds aren't going to be trading money because there's there's not really anybody to deal who makes a decent amount of money. People, Galvis saves the pittance if Galvis is included in a deal and then Blandino becomes the default backup shortstop, maybe. Um, I would think they would try to offload Galvis in, in, any, in any deal, but right. I don't think five and a half million is terrible for what he does if it's a backup, but I don't want him starting. I hate to say this, but what, what's Disco's salary at? Is he, he like seven, eight million right now? I think he's eight or nine, something like that. Disco is just under six. He said um, he settled oh, arbitration okay. for five point nine eight. And and Trevor yeah. and Bowers at seventeen point five. Yep, seventeen point five. Gray is at ten point one. Miley's at six. Okay. If they had to, if they had to give up a starting pitcher, I could see him doing a little bit to alleviate that that cost a little bit. Tyler Malley. He's sitting right there. In AAA. No, it doesn't make anything matter. It makes the minimum. Yeah. That yeah. That's what I'm saying is you. I'm talking about trade. Right. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, he definitely has value. <clears throat> so, okay. So, let's move on to the lineup in terms of where's everybody going to hit now. Again, this is based on today. And I'll give mine and I'll go around the room here and have everybody see if they agree or if they would switch it up. If, and mine, again, supposes that Nick Senzel is going to play shortstop. I know that's not going to happen, but let's just, this is my podcast, so fuck it. Uh, <clears throat> so, <laughs> if the season started today with this roster, I'd have Akiyama in center leading off. Vado at first, second. Suarez at third, hitting third. This I'd is, have. again, sir, uh, the starter matters in this. The starter matters. Right. So, this is again yeah. start and starter? This is, this is you know... Five days out of eight. This is the line. Just lineup. say the platoon spot. Just, just say the platoon spot. Okay. We don't have to go righty and lefty. We can just say like. No, I'm not doing knifey spoony at all. I'm not doing knifey spoony at all because of the three batter minimum now. So I would have Akiyama leading off in center most days. This is the most days lineup. So calm down. Uh, Vado at first, hitting second. Suarez at third, hitting third. Moustakis at second. But in cleanup, I'd have Castellanos in left, hitting fifth. I'd have the platoon of Winker or Aquino batting sixth and right. I'd have Senzel batting seventh at short, if possible. Barnhart or Casale catching eighth and then the pitcher spot. And then in 2021, there might be a DH. We'll get to that later. So <laughs> I want to start with, here's the thing, Polly. We we know that the lineup is going to be fluid, but if you had to pick a, you know, most of the time lineup, how would you line okay. up? Okay. Akiyama leading off, Vado into two hole, Suarez, Moose, Suarez, Cassianis, Moose. Um, okay, who am I? Um, Tucker would be like eight. Pitcher would be nine. Who am I missing? 
six and seven. Yeah. <laughs> he caught me off guard, but it's it would be something like that, and there'd be no changing it. Um, I can see, I can see Philip Irvine getting getting a lesser this year in left field or in left field and platooning that with Winker. Currently. Hey, I'm. I'm all for getting Phil Irvin some at bats here and there because I really am. I like I like Phil. And speaking of a Phil that well, I don't yeah, like yeah. as much. Uh, Phil Razor. I think we're also forgetting about Landino too that can play shortstop as well. Yeah, he's gonna be a good bench player. And Josh Van Meter. So uh, Phil, he's gone. He's gone. You think so? Phil, it'll be a Louisville. If you had to pick a lineup right now, what would it be? If I, I mean, I they're so deep at this point, which is fantastic. It, I just don't. That's what she said. It's not going to matter all that much. Hey now, but um, yeah, Shogo leading off, uh, Votto, Suarez, and then uh, I don't know if Nick or Moose um, that clean up, and then just fill them all in. It'd be great. Dynamite. Keep the keep the top five, I guess, about the same, and then. Makes everybody else up uh, underneath that. Well, and I think David Bell has proven that he's going to play the matchup. So uh, this is obviously again this is this is a fluid lineup, but this for the sake of argument, uh, we're doing this. Woo! Again, for the sake of argument, give us a uh, a standard starting eight lineup. Well, for, from my point of view, the sake of argument is there is no standard lineup. And damn it! Like, uh, uh, yeah, I know, but <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. You need to abandon, in my opinion, a complete, especially with how they are now, completely abandon that concept. I think you are going to look at data taking over the lineup on a day-to-day basis, analytics kicking in high gear, and with the position mobility of a lot of these players, you're going to see, based on who's on the mound, uh, you know, breaking it down even further. It's not just lefty righty. It's you know maybe this guy pitches inside a lot. And your uh, heat map as a hitter, you struggle a little bit more inside, and this other guy hits better. We're going to flop him in. And, you know, the, the outfield is not, we got two guys for left and the guy for, two guys for center. Two, no, you're going to move all around. And the lineup, I think, this is my thinking at least, that's how they're going to maximize production. And there is no day to day lineup. It is simply looking at the matchups. What is the data spitting back out? What's our optimal lineup? And I think. I really think that that's how they're, they're going to approach it. And you're going to get a lot of the bats across all those people, even if they don't make another change. You're still going to have a problem with shortstop. Maybe you fill it in with a couple starts here and there with other guys. But I, I think that is how they're going to maximize the potential of this lineup. And you are going to get plenty of bats. There isn't you, And if someone gets hurt, okay, you still can keep going. There is a ton of depth, and I think they're going to fully leverage it. And I think it's really exciting to see what's coming. I think that you make a good, a good point there about depth and Previous years, I mean, let's look at last year, the catching depth, which is still a problem. But, I mean, Ryan LaVarnway was playing on this team. Jose Gratterall, Juan Gratterall. And I know that was a bad, you know, example because catching depth is still a problem. But the rest of the the rest of the rest field, you have built-in backups across Don't the – not only that, but on any given day, you're going to have somebody on the bench that would be a starter on another team. Right. And then you could plug him in if, you know, a certain and, well, pitcher start, comes start, in. Yeah. So exactly. You start thinking about late inning situations, the mobility of the players. There is a lot of excitement thinking about this and how they're going to probably attack this and how that could lead to a lot of wins. 
Like th- this team, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how they're handled. I think David Bell is the right manager for that. I think the front office is going to be right on top of that. Um, hopefully, that is what comes to you know comes out and we see. But uh, the, the, you know, you're going to get a lot of griping from old school people and stuff like that if, if they go on that path. But I think that's the smart thing. Yeah, the boomers will be upset. Uh, Burmy, give me your thoughts on potential lineups. Do you agree with Wu? I yeah, I understand what Wu was saying. I think two through five will be relatively solidified. And I, for the record, I, I like what Wu's saying. <clears throat> I think Bell's not going to fuck with the core of the lineup too much. He's already proven that he'll, you know, rotate, lead off. You know, we've seen Senzel hit first, fifth, sixth, seventh. You know, he'll he'll move guys around as he sees fit based on matchups. I think Vado is one of those guys that lefty righty. You know, not that. I mean, not enough of a difference to drastically move him. You know, Suarez, same deal. And I think he'll settle in Castellanos and Moustakis somewhere in there, too. He may flip them around lefty-righty or, you know, what have you. Uh, but I think that'll stay relatively, you know, similar. And then, yeah, one, one, six, seven, and 8, I think, will be up for, you know, being moved around. You know, Tucker Barnhart gets on base very well. For a guy that doesn't hit that well, he still gets on base about, a, what, I think it was 100 points higher last year than his batting average. So... You know, that's the kind of person that I could see them moving around in the lineup. Um, you know, you probably want Casale hitting in front of like a Blandino if he's in there. Stuff like that, I think, uh, will be very fluid. But my idea of the lineup, and I tweeted it out today, um, is very similar to yours, Coop, except I don't think Sinzel will be there. So, um, but if they keep pretty much everybody else, Platoon, Winker, and Aquino, and then, you know, basically run with the same thing um, and hopefully have a better shortstop. So, I got you. Callie. Your thoughts on the lineup? Um, I do agree that the first first two are definitely going to be Shogo and then Votto. Um, I think the next three, you could kind of interchange Suarez, Moose, and uh, Nick. The three of them, I don't know that it matters that much. But I guess in my perfect world, we're going to pretend that we do trade Nick Senzel and we're going to get Lindor, like I wanted. And he'll be the... So basically, after after we'll say that it'll go Shogo, Vado, Suarez, Moose, Cassianos, Winker, or Irvish, depending on the day, and then Lindor, Barnhart, and then whoever's pitching. So you think Aquino starts in AAA? No, I think he gets traded with Senzel. I agree. Hmm. I agree with that. I think he's gone. I think Van Meter might be gone, too. If we're going to get Lindor, I think it would take the three of them at least to get him. So I, I think that he's not here. I, I think if you go out and acquire Lindor, I think he leads off. You think Lindor leads off? He, huh. he, does, it, he does it for the Indians now. See, I'd bet him third. Yeah, and I'm fine with that, too. And you could put Suarez at, you know, where, I mean, you, could, you could move it around. But Lindor leads off for the Indians. So... And that is kind of, you know, that, you know, that uh, leadoff guy that people love. So if they do get Frankie, maybe you hit Barnard ninth and hit the pitcher eighth. Hope Tucker draws a walk and Lindor hits it over the fence. I mean, mm-hmm. you can play around with it. But because he hits leadoff for the Indians, I tend to think that that's what David Bell would do, too. It's possible. Branch. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Yeah. Branch, your thoughts. All right. I just... If I was the if I was David Bell drawing this up right now, 
on what I know right now, not information, not, you know, we're saying a, starting a game against a good right-handed pitcher. And I'm going to start off with Akiyama uh, playing center field, batting first. I'm going to go Joey first and batting second. Um, going to go Cassianos uh, playing uh, right field. Playing, uh, or yeah, playing right field, batting, uh, where is Cassianos? Third, fourth. I go Suarez third, fifth. Moose, second. Um, sixth is going to be Winker, you know, playing playing left. Then Galvis, or probably, I don't know, probably Galvis, then Barnhart, then Pitcher. That's just where we're at right now. That's what I'm probably going to do. Ken, that's, that's putting That's not putting Sensel in there. And that's. Again, this is so stamp damn hard. It's it's lose right. You can't do anything with it. It's ah. <laughs> I was actually gonna put Senzel in after after Winker and playing shortstop or playing playing second, move them around. But it, yeah, it's it's damn confusing. Oh my god, it's gonna be fun to see how it works out. And yeah, it, good luck keeping a clean score sheet this year, right? Right. <laughs> That's for sure. Can't yeah, finish versus, up this topic. Versus left-handed pitchers, you're going to see six right-handed batters. Um, six out of the eight batters are going to be right-handed. Versus left-handed pitch or right-handed pitchers, you're going to see six out of the eight be left-handed batters. Um, they they might not make Barnhart give up switch hitting, but I think they're going to basically platoon um, Casale and Barnhart. They both have very large splits. Um, Casale is 120 points on his OPS, better against right-handed against left-handed pitchers and Barnhart is about 150 points better as a left-handed batter against right-handed pitchers. Um, and hopefully they have good seasons and one of them are gone by the deadline and Stevenson's up. <laughs> that I would not be surprised to see Stevenson not um, after super two deadline. Um, so you're going to see some sort of, some sort of group platoon. I, I think Suarez plays every day. I think Votto plays five days a week. And I think Moose plays five to six days a week. Moose's splits are not, are not that big. Castellanos plays every day. Um, but Senzel, Winker, Akiyama, um, all split a bunch of different positions. Um, I don't want to interrupt. Flex, Dark, Cassi- isn't Castellanos got good splits too? He's not yeah, Castellanos' off. splits are fine. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. yeah. His splits are fine. Um, so that's how the lineup's going to shake out. Um, again, barring a trade, you're going to see six left-handed batters against right-handed pitchers and six right-handed batters against left-handed pitchers. Um, yes, um, he's going to do knifey spoony, and he's going to go um, left-right, left-right for two, three, four, and five, and everyone else is going to be the opposite hand just to maximize the splits. So I wanted to mention something that Citrin uh, actually just tweeted about 45 minutes ago, and it is... <laughs> a spray chart of Nick Castellanos from last year overlaid on Great American Ballpark. Now, obviously, you're only playing half your games at Great American Ballpark, but if Nick Castellanos last year played all of his games at Great American Ballpark, 27 of his outs are home runs at Great American Ballpark. 20 of his doubles are home runs at Great American Ballpark, and one of his triples would be a home run at Great American Ballpark. That's insane. This guy is going to absolutely rake 
at this ballpark. Been telling you since July. It's almost like Woo knew. Woo, are you like... Woo, I'm sorry. I ever <laughs> doubted you for anything ever. That's right. Lesson learned. Lesson, le- lesson learned, everyone. Like, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> he echoed. <had to> <laughs> I'll tie my shoe. Yeah. I did That's some fun with him. That's been those family ties you had. I mean, I'm just... I did some fun with Matt with the lineups. And I took the baseball reference splits of all the people that that aren't going to have at bats in twenty in twenty twenty. Um, people like Shevler and Scooter and Kemp, etc. Um, they had an OPS of seven sixty three. I added the projections for Shogo and Castellanos and Mustakis to the leftover players. That brings um, the Reds OPS as a team up to eight oh eight. Um, 342, 362, 344, 465. When last year the team totals were 244, 315, 422. Um, that's a way better lineup um, with Shogo, Castellanos, Mustakis splitting 1,500 at-bats versus Kemp, Puig, Scooter, Shebler, Dietrich. Um, and I mean, what does Flores do with that protection? It's <laughs> I mean, this lineup really. is could be silly good um, yeah. with some health. Um, I'm I w- I was excited, and when I started to run the numbers, I um, I got even more excited because this is, this is pretty crazy. So, in lieu of a Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhog of the Week. And uh, just because we have a lot of people on and there's not really a whole lot going on outside of uh, some free agent signings, I thought I would give everybody a chance to predict what the Reds will do between now and the start of spring training. Will they stand pat? Will they make a move? What move will they make? And uh, we'll revisit this at the beginning of spring training and see who was right, who was wrong, and who was Phil. So, uh, (laughs) Phil, why don't you start us off? Zing, I, I, I think uh, they're pretty much done. I th- they'll bring in a reliever or two on a uh, major league contract, but uh, I think that's going to be it uh, until uh, spring training. All right. Uh, here's the thing, Polly. Here's the thing. They will make another trade. It won't be for Lindor. It might be for Alex Correa or Seager. It'll be a three three way trade between teams, and we'll come out on top. Most of it, I think. But we'll have to deal with some players, and people will be butthurt. But we'll do it. We'll make a big another big trade. The window is opened for a playoff team and a run, and it's wide open for us. Barmy, your uh, your thoughts on if the Reds will make any moves between now and the beginning of spring spring training? Yeah, I actually uh, I'm gonna pull I'm gonna pull a fill and say I agree on the reliever front. Um, I could see them bringing you know one or two more guys in, uh, but I definitely think some combination of Senzel, Aquino, or Winker, maybe Phil Irvin, you know if that's always possible. Um, Josh Van Meter, and then a, a good a good enough prospect. Um, anywhere from a Santian, which I don't think any of us would really like, but I, I would understand. Um, 
Hunter Green, although coming off Tommy John, not exactly ideal. And maybe Jonathan India. They're going to get packaged up and sent out for a shortstop. Who that is, I think it's down to Lindor, Seager, Story. And obviously, Story would cost the least and Lindor the most. So, depends. Please, no Story. Um, but, <laughs> what do you say? He doesn't like Trevor Story. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I'm not saying you have to love the move. I'm just saying I, I could see it happening because he's on a very, you know, friendly contract for two years. Um, but, yeah, I think there's going to be a combination of, you know, some some uh, deals going on there. And I think that's why Jose Siri got DFA'd today. I think, obviously, by, you know, they had to make room for Castellanos. So they'll DFA somebody they know they could send out a AAA outright, and then they could take other guys of the 40 man to make room for someone else and bring in those relievers. So that's basically uh, my, I don't know, is it, is it a lukewarm prediction at this point that they're going to do that? Because you look at the lineup and the biggest standout is Freddie Galvis. So I think if they're, you know, they've proven they're going all in, then the shortstop's the only real missing, missing key, you know, the missing link right now, if you will. So, yeah. Branch. All right. I, I think we're, the Reds are in a great position. I, I believe MLB as a whole hasn't really, the trademark is still not really fired up. I mean, today you get the, the, the uh, Padres and Dodgers, they're kind of, looks like they're in a bidding war for Mookie Betts. Uh, I, I think Marte moved over to the Diamondbacks, which ups Senzel's value. Is he, you know, he's the center fielder now. Um, I think there's a, the Reds are going to do what they have done best before they spent the money this year. And that's just knock our damn socks off of a trade that none of us see coming. You know, it's, it's liable to be crazy. I, I, I'm not willing to say it's going to be a Xander Bogart's crazy, but it could very well be a Lindor crazy, Seager or Correa crazy. And we don't even see it coming. And it's liable to involve a third team. One of those pitchers that we now might end up leaving. I, I think there's still one more big trade coming because it's the Reds. It's what they do best. You know, this is what this is what Nick and Dick feel comfortable doing. I think they they struggled a little bit, you know, tapping into the into the free agency market and like selling the team, as we talked about in previous podcasts. And I think trades, though, they know what they're doing, and uh, especially when it's going out and acquiring talent. So uh, it, it it might get real interesting before now, and even when uh, pitchers and catchers report. I'm I'm just gonna say, it's huge. It's going to be absolutely huge, and it's, probably, it's going to include a shortstop. Callie. I agree. We're going to go for a shortstop. And I'm just because I want it so bad, I'm just going to put it into the universe that we're going to trade for Lindor. Because if they're going to prove that they're really going all in, I think that's who they should get. I think he would be the best fit for our team. So that's what we're going to do. Um, I think that Senzel is going to go. I think Aquino will go. Maybe Van Meter. I think you're going to have to give up a prospect, too. I don't have a problem with any of them. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with any of them going, um, any of the prospects. So there's there's not one that I like more than others. So I don't know. They can have their pick, whatever they want. But we really need shortstop. So I think that that is going to be the other move that we make this offseason will be to get a shortstop. Woo. Well, first off, we haven't given up any prospects to get where we're at. The Reds have in the front office, and that's – kind of remarkable um with what needed to happen um i i agree i think they're gonna need to make a move for shortstop i don't know when that's going to be um it's going to be curious i wonder if the castellanos uh signing and the in the format of that deal 
maybe tweaks their mindset a little bit and maybe maybe they don't go for the huge impact shortstop and more of a league average bat type of shortstop and a, a deal through that mechanism you know uh maybe it's hey Miami what do you want from for VR um Houston has uh Diaz um, as well um maybe there's something like that sitting out there that wouldn't cost them as much you know you're still going to have Senzel around maybe you know that would maybe make the team better overall and still slightly improve their their glaring hole um i don't know We'll, we'll see. Um, I, I just think that shipping away Senzel when you're not going to have your, you know, Castellanos for only pr- probably one year if everything goes well, you got to get a player. It's got at least two years of control. Um, and even then, that's a lot to give up. Um, I know it's all in, but th- they're going to do something. I don't know what's going to be, though. So uh, that's my definitive answer of nothing. Congrats. <laughs> Good job. Uh, Ken. <laughs> Your thoughts on it? If you're at the ball, um, I, I think they're going to go outside the box. Um, Tim Anderson wouldn't surprise me um, from the White Sox. I was um, looking at that's interesting him earlier today. He's he's on a team friendly contract. Um, he signed with option years through 2023 and 2024. Um, he just won a batting title in, um, in a breakout season. Um, was that a, uh, actually similar to Cattell Marte? Um, now, is that a career year, a fluke year, or or is that just an emergence? Um, the White Sox have completely remade their team with signings of Grandal and Encarnacion and um, Keuchel, but but they've also they have a whole bunch of young players coming up with Nick Madrigal and Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. So um, they're moving lots of pieces around. So it um, it wouldn't surprise me to see them. Um, to see the Reds entice them for Anderson. That's interesting. Uh, that's a name that a lot of people haven't thrown out there. Um, I think the Reds are going to make at least one more move. I I don't see them acquiring Lindor because I just don't see the Indians trading him until at least the deadline. Corey Seager, I think, depends on if the Dodgers make a move. And uh, Correa with the Astros... Uh, I'm not sure that they would move him. Even Drew Story, now that he's got cost certainty, arbitration years, I don't know if the Rockies would move him. So I think there's there's a move to be made, but it's probably going to be a, a minor deal. I just don't see, and I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see any of those <coughs> shortstops coming, which would lead me to believe Nick Senzel is your shortstop. Hey, what do you know? Woo, it looks like you wanted to say something. Yeah, I, I just find it interesting. We talking about. I don't think the rest of you do this, but I find it interesting that uh, a name that doesn't really come up. He's only last year of his contract, and he's amazing. Is uh, Marcus Simeon uh, uh, with Oakland, and you know he's due a huge contract. He's going to be a free agent. He's not going to stay in Oakland. Um, I just it's interesting. You don't see his name floated out there anywhere. That's would cool. Would you do Sinzel for him straight up? Oh man, that's he was an eight more last year. Not for one year. Though. Not for that's, one year. No. Not for one year. If you wanted to throw. You know, like a Winker, uh, a uh, Kino, and and some, and maybe a prospect Adam or something. That's a lot. But for the A's to give up, probably doesn't make a lot of sense. But for not for one year, no, but not not straight up for that. But he, he's a great player. I'm unbelievable. Oh yeah, stuff. Just, absolutely. And it's just it's you know it's funny we you know you just don't hear him mention. And and the A's are not you know they're never going to be. I imagine a, a high spending club. or would look to move an asset if it helped them in the future and that kind of thing. So. I mean, that's an interesting 
possibility just because like you said that's that's money ball right there is they're not going to pay somebody or or you, or you get a, a an interim get a a league average bat and hey trade deadline rules around what what's that cost to get him for the rest of the season what right. they, you know the market you know we've seen the markets dried up a lot like what would that be like later in the year well right and and perhaps the reds hold with uh galvis at short until the, around the deadline and if they're in it then they can go in on one of these players that might become available but i don't know i just don't see i don't see Sinzel being dealt unless it's for lindor and i don't see lindor or seager being dealt right oh now. yeah <laughs> yeah I, I don't i don't think they move him unless you're getting multiple years of control back it's just that's yes it's just not yeah, i want i want to i want to clarify like on this trading Sinzel. it i'm only trading Sinzel for huge he was a number two pick not very long ago there's it's not just like it's it, it's not the same as Jonathan India. It's just not. I know a lot of people. I've seen that today. With, oh, they're basically the same player. Oh God, they're not. No, Both they're not. First round draft picks, but they're not the same player. Um, so I yeah, maybe maybe India is a bad comp because but yeah, Sinzel, you better get something easy. You're giving up a pot. What still looks to be a perennial all star player for you know. A year or so, you you better get something. You better get five to six war out of. It. I mean, it's just what you have to do. So that about will wrap up this edition of the podcast. Uh, we'll go around the room here, have everybody give their final thoughts, and let's start with you, Ken. Give us your final thoughts. Go go shortstop. This team is so damn close, um, and it's the biggest gaping hole both on the team and in the minors. Um, the, the lineup is very much improved. The pitching, I think Wade Miley is going to be a very, very appreciated signing. Um, his last two years, besides one month of tipping pitches, has been awesome. Um, he's a he's a large improvement over the combined starts of Roark, Malley, and, um, and, and Wood. So the rotation, the number five position, is solidified. The lineup is solidified with the bats they've added. They're a shortstop away from being not only the favorite in the division, but maybe the favorite in the league to challenge um, the Dodgers or the Braves. So Phil dropped out after arriving early. He dropped out early. Here's the thing, Polly. what's your final thoughts? Here's the thing. I said it again. I'll say it again and keep on saying it. I'm very excited. and Reds fans, you should be too. So come out to the ballpark and support your local baseball team. Branch, your final thoughts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go. I'm, I'm just, I'm giddy. I don't know. I'm kind of had a half chub all day over all this stuff and trying to figure it out. I mean, it's just, you see how hard it is just to figure out a lineup. Good gosh. This is great. Love it. Awesome. Yay. It's fun to be a Reds fan right now. Callie, your final thoughts. I agree. Very excited. It's going to be a really fun season. We're going to see some really good baseball, and I cannot wait for opening day. Opening day is going to be lit. Burmy, final thoughts. You're going to be lit with us on opening day, Coop? You know it. Fucking right. Is everybody going? No. Nope. Absolutely. I'm sorry to hear that, Will. I'm sorry you won't be able to join us for the. I'll be driving through town. So I'll be close. Wave when you drive by. I'll do something like that. You just stop and. <laughs> <Can you leave? laughs>
you should conveniently just like fall under the weather, woo, and demand that you stay at a hotel in the area. I don't think that would go over too well. <laughs> All right, well, will, you be, will you be traveling with the family? Uh, other people. So, it's yeah, he doesn't want to talk about it, for me. Probably gonna go do. Probably going to like some music festival somewhere with a random group of people and like a weird shagging wagon. I don't uh, know. What he's going to a Star Wars furry convention. Are you going? To, Those are, are the best. Gathering. He walks. Uh, he walks everywhere. <laughs> he's going to a. He's going to a Ewok gathering. Jug, Juggalo Ewoks. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. I thought. I can't speak highly enough. Slayer, I thought Slayer fans were just boomer juggalos. They are. You down with the clown? <laughs> down with the Ewok. <laughs> down with the Ewok. Jesus Christ. Uh, my final thoughts are I'm fucking pumped for opening day. March 26th. Hurry the fuck up. Woo, your final thoughts. Uh, final thought first. A shout out to Chad Dodson over there, Red Lake Nation, for terming the term, uh, coming up with the term Dickless earlier today. It was, it was, that's phenomenal. Shout out um, to Chad. Yeah. Uh, second, um, yeah, never have I seen so many teams not trying to improve, and this is a huge opportunity for the Reds. Get it done. Go out. Make it happen. It's it's now or never. So for my final thoughts, um, I want to thank everybody for being on this emergency podcast on short notice. I'm just really excited that the Reds are making major moves for the first time in free agency in a long time, maybe ever. This has really been a, a fun off season, and I'm hoping that it translates to a competitive season and hopefully a playoff run. So that's my uh, thoughts. Also, shout out to the sponsor of the podcast, Cincy Sports Gallery. So for Phil, who left, Ken, <laughs> Wu, Burmy, Branch, Callie, and Polly, this is Coop and We'll talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati where the river winds Across the Mason and the Dixon line